Hey everyone, my name is Dill. I'm an alcoholic addict. Can you all hear me good? Perfect. Um, yeah, I'm thankful to get to share with everyone today. It's kind of a cool privilege. I'm pretty early in my sobriety, but I'm excited to tell you all a little bit about me. Um, I'm 31 and I live in Canada and I am just about to hit 120 days sober. I don't know if that's a milestone or not, but almost four months, whatever's more. Um, so yeah, I'll start at the beginning, I guess. Uh, when I was 10, my parents split because of addictions and so my dad was addicted to cocaine for a while and it didn't get bad until the very end and i was going to school and <clears throat> i was self-harming at a pretty young age so i was told to go see the guidance counselor and i had told the guidance counselor that I didn't want to go home and why. And so I never went home that day. And um, CFS, Child Family Services, got involved and my sister and I were placed into foster care. And that became a big kind of mess for a while. My parents were still fighting. And I almost felt like they blamed me for intervening. Um, so that was the start of it all. It forced my dad and my mom to split and not be abusive anymore. And, um, yeah, I lived in a foster home for about a year. I want to say a year and it was kind of a weird thing. I grew up in a small town, so in the country, so I could see my mom's house from my foster house, but I couldn't see her at all or talk to her for like months. It was almost like a sick joke, you know, but uh, my parents separated properly and my dad eventually got into AA and uh, life kind of went on. I went to go, I got to go back home when I was 11 and things were a lot different. My dad was in his early recovery and to this day, I think he's 20 years in AA now, clean and sober, which is kind of cool. He's stuck with it. It's been a great example along the way. Um, but it was different when I went home, you know, and and uh, my parents were still fighting, even though they weren't together. And so for a lot of years uh, during school and high school, um, I lived with my mom and was kind of under this, this not brainwashing, but everything was my dad's fault because he was the drug addict. You know, the whole life was ruined because of him. And that's kind of how it felt until I turned 18. And then I kind of left home and kind of got kicked out. So that kind of takes me to living in a vehicle for a long time and some interesting times you know um smoking weed a lot and not drinking so much when i was 18 19 but just a lot of weed 
I didn't get I didn't get into hard drugs or anything until maybe 20. But when I was 18, I got into a car accident and it was a really it was kind of a strange one. I got rear-ended. Um, I had a flat tire in the middle of the night. <clears throat> excuse me, on the side of the highway. And I was waiting for a ride and I got rear-ended by a drunk driver. And I still to this day feel lucky to be alive because if I had a spare tire, I would have been dead because uh, I would have likely been changing it when I got hit. And it shook my whole world up, you know, realizing life is life is vulnerable and you can't control everything. And I never felt the same since that day. And I remember the person who had hit me um begging me not to tell the police or anything while we were waiting for the police to show up and i always thought for many years about that person hoping like maybe they got a break maybe they learned a lesson maybe not killing someone will set them straight and that brings me to the irony of that because fast forward six years and I end up with a DUI and that was probably one of the hardest moments of my life because I felt like like I had no independency like just like that you know and I wasn't drinking and driving on a regular basis it, it was a very gradual thing that kind of just snuck in my coworkers and I would go for a beer after work and that just felt like, oh, okay, they're doing it. I can have a beer, you know, and drive home. And then that would turn into two beers. And then that would turn into just repeating the behavior until one night I was at the rural community bar and it was closed and they were kicking me out and the bartender and I didn't have a an agreement on something. And so I didn't want to sleep in my car. So I decided I'll drive to my sister's house two miles away and I got pulled over. So for two years, I didn't have a license because of that small gradual thing of, oh, it won't happen to me. Uh, I can have a couple beers. And for two years, I just felt like I couldn't carry on with life in so many ways. And it affected my mental health, but also my relationships. I got into a relationship while I had that DUI. And it sucked <laughs> not being able to drive my partner around and pick her up or go see her or whenever I wanted and to rely on her. And so during that time, I was drinking quite frequently because I was getting rides to work, so I never had to drive and I was allowed to just get away with it. It, I was thinking earlier about that relationship during my DUI where I didn't realize I had a problem. And it's, I couldn't go see my girlfriend's parents without drinking. Like I couldn't leave the house without having drinks. I just didn't feel comfortable with anything in life other than just having a couple drinks. Um, so 
my drinking problems like like progressed and <clears throat> someone had mentioned a couple weeks ago i think the topic of closet pissing and yeah um i woke up in the middle of the night with that partner and i pissed in the closet which was a new thing for me and i didn't remember it and she i woke up in the morning it was a work morning too and i woke up completely still drunk and she had a look of like terror in her eyes like just and I was I was scared because she looked scared and I didn't know what had happened and she asked me do you not remember what you did and I said no and um so she told me what I had done and she yelled at me while I was doing it and I had supposedly told her to clean it up <laughs> so um I cared about her a lot so I stopped drinking that day and I hadn't drank like we we are no longer together and our relationship I think went on for another eight months and I hadn't drank for seven of those eight months I stopped right there and thought I don't want to scare someone else or myself and I can just quit this until I quit my job seven months later and was sitting around the house, you know, and eventually I found a, one of her drinks downstairs in the basement and I thought, oh, I'll just have one. And that became every day. And not a lot, but it was still a ha it was a habit coming back. And not long after that, she left. And I, I, I don't know why entirely why she left, but I still think that that was a part of it. I don't think she wanted to be with someone who clearly had a drinking problem. So, you know, that's around when I was 26. And I spent about the next year after that relationship, not really drinking, occasionally drinking, but I had a breathalyzer in my vehicle so I could only drink on weekends or whenever I could get away with it. And the next thing that showed up in my life was pills, uh, benzodiazepines. And the way it showed up was kind of sneaky. You know, I, I had a dentist appointment for a wisdom tooth and the dentist gave me lorazepam and it got me super high and I loved it right then and there. I was in love with whatever it was and a friend of mine had a prescription for clonopin and would talk about how he was like hooked on it. So after that dentist appointment, I asked him if I could try some because I had never felt as good as I did on lorazepam. And he, he was weary to let me have any. And with enough persuasion, I got some loraz or some clonopin out of him. And I think within a week, I was in my doctor's office asking for a prescription and I was prescribed. I was on those pills twice in my life for two stints. The first stint was about a year. Um, I had increased my drinking while taking those pills and it became drinking and taking pills every single day. Conveniently, the world had shut down during COVID. So I was able to do that every single day and kind of destroy my myself but it landed me in the hospital once and it it had gotten out of hand so 
after the doctor found out about the hospital, he had put me on a, a taper off schedule. So I tapered off those pills, but I never forgot them. And I went on a bender. I was, I started seeing some girl that liked to party and I just dove in, you know, and I was doing drugs I never thought I'd do. And coming out of that, because that lasted maybe three, four months of just steady, hard drug abuse. Uh, coming out of that, it wasn't really the same. Uh, I was very depressed. I didn't know like what I wanted to do anymore. I lost sight of all my dreams in life. I just felt miserable. And I ended up... Uh, after enough time getting to go back onto benzodiazepines. And I don't know why my doctor allowed me to go back on something he tapered me off of, but he did. And so I ended up back on benzodiazepines a second time. I was on them for about a year and three months that second time, and I was drinking every single day. Um excessively my drinking kind of just took over i wasn't drinking at first i was just taking the benzodiazepines but it wasn't enough so i started drinking four drinks a night five drinks a night six drinks a night and eventually it turned into a regular 12. my justification for it was due to my past dui i would never drive to work the next day because I was afraid to get a second DUI and have a blood alcohol content the following day after drinking. So my addiction grew into something that was taking pills, drinking 12 drinks a night and drive riding an Uber to work every single day. And it was adding up. Thousands of dollars were wasted and my I couldn't stay ahead with bills or catch up on bills. I was just getting by to to support my addiction and my routine and my habits. And I was stuck in that loop for a long time. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I I wanted out of it. I didn't know how to get out of it. My, my dad has always been in AA, as I had said, for 20 years. And he had always kind of been there to try and nudge me into AA and it had never worked. It had never, I could never get behind it. And it was traditional AA that he, he is involved in. And I just couldn't get behind the, the traditional concepts and God and, and all that. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was, um, in pretty rough shape until something changed in my life and i'm i'm gonna be forever grateful for it um this summer i had a family get together um and i got to meet some family i've never seen and met and and it was a, a long weekend and i thought it would be good to get out of the house and have an experience rather than drink alone in front of a computer all night and 
one of those family members is in this room right now and the the inspiration that she gave me when everyone was drinking at this family get together and i was definitely drinking um she was so comfortable in her own skin you know and and had a great time and was fun and fun to be around and didn't have to drink at all you know and that stood out because i wanted to stop but i didn't know how and i'm so grateful i got to see that because i needed to and that weekend came to an end faster than i had hoped you know or what i didn't want it to end and it it sucked and I had to return home to my miserable life of drinking alone and trying to find clean laundry on the floor and shit like that. So I guess uh, I'm I'm very lucky. My dad calls it having a moment of clarity. And I acted on it as soon as I could. I came home on a Sunday. I drank the following Tuesday and that was my last day drinking. And that following Tuesday, my cousin who inspired me to get sober sacrificed attending a meeting to talk to me during my drunken babble. And I woke up the next day and I felt so guilty for having exposed someone to that and wasted their time after saying, I want to get sober and I want to, I want to do this and I didn't want to lose them as a friend. So I've been here every single night since then. And I am so glad to have found this room and everyone here. It feels safe and no one has really gotten to know me and I'm shy, but I appreciate all of you. You know, you've all helped me stay sober. 120 days so thank you and with that i'll close thanks for letting me share